Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Let's stand together and worship. All right, let's see. You have come, we have found that everlasting. Now continue to worship God, let's just, let's just open our hearts. Let's just truly leave nothing in our lives withheld from him. Because there's something beautiful that happens when we surrender everything to God, that he's then, we're giving, we're giving him permission to do something with it. Because the reality is he knows everything that we're battling, he knows everything we're struggling with. 
But the whole thing is if we withhold it and we just keep a tight grip on it, we're not giving him permission to do something with it. And so let's just open our hearts. Let's just surrender everything before God. Let's just say, God, we just want to honor you today. Just have your way in our lives as we just lift up our praises to you, all right? So let's do this as we continue to worship.
Thank you for this morning. I thank you that we've all been gathered here together this morning, Lord, to worship you, to experience you, to feel your presence, Lord. I thank you for your spirit that's here this morning, God. Lord, I just pray that this morning your spirit will speak to each of us. God, be with Pastor Buddy as he delivers the message, Lord. Be with those listening in the cafe and online, God. You have something special each of us needs to hear this morning, God, and I pray that our hearts will be open to that. I pray that we will allow you to speak to us in the way that you want to, God, that we can hear a message today from you, Lord, that we can take into our hearts and then into our lives outside of this building and into the community and into the people in our lives, Lord, that we can go out and be the love and light of Jesus when we leave this place. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, Celebrate Recovery is kicking off every Thursday night at 7 p.m. right here at Salem Fields Community Church. So if you're experiencing a hurt, habit, or hang-up that you need some help with, feel free to stop by and see us 7 p.m. at Salem Fields Community Church. Everyone is welcome. Good morning. As you can see, we are still doing Celebrate Recovery. That is started up here. And that is a program that is for people that are struggling with addiction, as Pastor Joey said, a hurt, hang up, or some kind of struggle that you're trying to overcome, that is a program for you. It meets every Thursday at seven o'clock, and if that's something that you think you could use some help in or an area that you would like to grow in, I definitely encourage you to come. You can just show up any Thursday and jump right in. They're here to help you and walk through that time in your life and whatever it is you may be dealing with right now in that area. We are starting a mentorship program at Smith Station Elementary School. For those of you that don't know, we have a partnership with them. We worked with them last year to develop a character building program. We equipped them with a character building program that the teachers are utilizing in their classroom to help the kids grow and build good character. They've absolutely loved that, and they're going to continue using that in their classroom this year. And when we met with Ms. Cagle, the principal at Smith Station Elementary School this summer, we asked her, how can we partner with you this year? What is it that you need? How can we serve you? And she responded that they just have some children there that really need some extra love. They need some extra attention, they need some positive influence in their life, and that they could really use some help with a program that could just give some love, some attention, some positivity into these children's lives. So that's what we're gonna be doing with them this year. The program will officially start in January. However, we are in the process of building it and preparing it, and so we are looking for mentors for that program. If that's something that you think you might be interested in or you might like to do to just come and um, be a part of that to just love on a child and be a positive influence in their life, we would love for you to help out with that. And we're also looking for anybody that might have a skill or maybe a really cool activity that they would like to come and do when we meet with these kids at the school um, so that they can learn a skill or have a fun time doing an activity together as a group and with their mentor. We would love for you to help out as well. You can sign up at the kids check-in, the big orange sign in the lobby. You can sign up there. And if you sign up, that's just saying that you're interested in coming to a meeting to learn more about the program, learn more about the specifics and the details, and see all the different ways that you can be a part of that. So if that speaks to you and that sounds like something you're interested in, we could really use the help, and we'd love for you to sign up. 
The next announcement is one of my favorites because Halloween happens to be my favorite holiday and we do Halloween very well here at Salem Fields Community Church. We have a trunk and treat every Halloween from 6 to 8 p.m. And it is a way that we just give back to the community. It's a way that we love on the community. We provide a fun and safe place for them to come celebrate Halloween as a family, as well as it's a way for us to do outreach into our community to help the people just build a positive connection to church and help them build a positive connection to the people that go to church and see that we can love on them and give back to them and we just wanna be here for them. However, it does take a lot and lot and lot and lot and lot of candy. We have reached in years past as many as 10,000 people through our trunk and treat events. You can imagine that takes a lot of candy. I've said in the other services, however much candy you think we might need, in your head, multiply that times three, because that's probably how much we need and then some. So starting next week, we will start our candy collection. We do that every year where we ask for you to help partner with us in donating candy to the event so that way we can use it. And I can tell you that we have people that are going here at Salem Fields Community Church now because they first came to a trunk and treat. We have people that have accepted Christ and their kids have now accepted Christ because they first came to a trunk and treat. And some of it was even years later when they were ready to start going to church, they gave here a try. And so donating a bag of candy can actually change someone's lives. So if you could help us out with that, we would greatly appreciate it. There'll be a big old display in the lobby. You won't be able to miss, miss it next weekend. You can drop your candy off there and we'll be collecting candy from now until trunk and treat. We are also encouraging everyone today to join a small group if you are not already in one. Uh, we do small groups here. That is a way we meet uh, small groups. They meet either weekly or biweekly, and it's just a time to come together and learn more about the Bible or learn more about how to follow Jesus or do this whole life as a Christian thing. And it's a great way to build relationships here at the church, get to know people here at the church, build a church family here, get connected to the church family here. And I wanna encourage you, if you're not part of a small group, to definitely try it, give it a shot and sign up. Now's the perfect time to try it because in October, we're gonna start a, a study, a curriculum with all the small groups in the church. So we'll all be doing the same thing. So it's a really excellent time to start. And I can tell you for me personally, we've been going here for about 15 years. My husband and I have been a part of a few different couples small groups in that time. And each time that small group has been exactly what we needed in our marriage, in our family, in our personal lives at that time. It's been a wonderful experience for us and we're still friends with all of those people from the small group. They're like family to us. So if you're not in one, you can go to the small groups table out in the lobby and sign up. Pastor Rich would love to get you set up with that. And Men's Advance, it is the last weekend to sign up for Men's Advance. Next weekend, the men of the church are heading to Jamestown for a men's weekend. It's a great way for them to just break away from all the busyness of life and come together as a community of men to learn about God and learn how to grow in their relationship with God. My husband goes every year and absolutely loves it. And actually, there hasn't been a gentleman that I know that has gone and come back and said that they didn't appreciate going and they absolutely loved it. So if you haven't signed up for that yet and you're a guy, go ahead and sign up. You're not gonna regret it and it could possibly change your life. And finally, I have one last announcement. It's a happy and sad announcement. Melissa, could you come up here? 
For those of you that don't know who Melissa is, she is our early childhood director in the children's ministry. She has been working in the children's ministry. It will actually be four years this September. And the reason it is a happy and sad announcement is her and her family next week will be moving to Indiana. So can you guys give her a round of applause, first of all, for her service to the church. Like I said, she's been working at the church now for four years. She's been a wonderful blessing to the church-wide staff, to the children's ministry. It's definitely some big shoes to fill. We're going to miss her greatly, though we wish her family the best in their new adventure. Um, we will miss her, and it'll be a big space to fill, but we wish you the best. And we have a gift for you from the church, a card and a gift card. And I'd like to pray for you and your family in this next step in your life. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for Melissa and her family and what they have meant and been to Salem Fields Community Church. Lord, I thank you for the service that Melissa has done here, Lord, and just the children's lives and the parents' lives and just all the people's lives that have been reached and touched and changed, Lord, through her service here. And God, I pray for them as they begin this new adventure. I pray that you will give them blessings, Lord. I pray that you will be with them as they drive with three children all the way out to Indiana, Lord, that you'll be with them as they travel, that you'll be with them as they establish this new life out there, God. Just pour out your blessing and your love on them as they get set up and help them know how much we love them here and how much they'll daily be missed. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Uh, just wanted to make you guys aware. I know a couple of you have been asking about how we're responding to the hurricane in the Carolinas. And so uh, there's a table out in the lobby, and Pastor Kelly's going to be there. He's going to answer any questions that you might have. We're going to probably get together some crisis care kits and the possibility of also uh, sending down a team. So if you just want more information about that and how to, to get involved with assisting them in that, go and see Pastor Kelly at the end of service out in the lobby. Well, we continue our series dress code here this morning. Uh, Pastor Buddy has a great message for us, and so we're just so glad that you guys are here. As those tithes and offering buckets pass by, why don't you guys stand with us as we continue to worship.
good to know that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion on the day of the Lord Jesus. That's an awesome promise that we can count on today. Y'all like that promise? Okay, I just want to make sure you were alive and everybody's good out there. Hey, last week we spoke on kindness and uh, we spoke on doing a random acts of kindness this week. We gave you those little slips of paper for you to write your little uh, whatever you did down on that uh, kindness on that uh, paper and we were going to color our community with kindness and we're well on our way and we're going to keep doing that until the end of the series but if you have your little uh, paper you'd like to pin it to the wall today uh, you can come up during the next song and do that if you got uh, if you say well i'd like to do that but i don't have my little uh, piece of paper there's paper over there on the table and there's pins on the wall and uh, so during this song uh, let's just continue to color our community with kindness uh, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's uh, cultivated in us because the love of Jesus lives in us. So let's be kind and let's transform our community. I know I, uh, I did a couple acts of kindness. One of them was I was in uh, Dunkin' Donut and uh, I wanted to pay for the person behind me. And they looked mean and had a big, one of them big looking mean pickups. And that dude got $6 worth of coffee and I paid for it. I said, I'll pay for the guy behind me. And... Uh, this other lady, she was loading up this water because, you know, we were getting ready. And uh, she had this big cart of water. I said, well, can I help you load that? And she said, no, thank you. And I said, okay. Uh, so anyway, as I saw, let's just pin our kindness. <laughs> Yeah. 
It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known, fully known and loved by you. I'm fully known and loved by you. It's so unusual, it's frightening. I'm fully known and loved by you. still got a little ways to go to color our community, so don't forget uh, that uh, we want you to participate in this. We don't want it just to be an activity. We want it to be a movement where we show random acts of kindness in our community. As I said last week, there was a church that started, uh, and they started with 10 people, and the only thing that they did to grow their church was do random acts of kindness in their community, and they run 7,000 people today they've won to Christ. And uh, we, we just believe that there are people out there that just need for us to share a little kindness with them. And if they show up at Salem Fields or some other church, that's okay. We just want to do what we can do uh, to show kindness to those in our world who don't experience much of that. Well, well, God was kind to Virginia this week, and we missed the storm. And that doesn't mean he's not kind to North Carolina. But the issue is we need to continue to pray for North Carolina. They're really, and South Carolina, they're going through a difficult time. And I understand the storm they come into Roanoke, and they've caused some evacuations in Roanoke and uh, southwest Virginia. So let's continue to pray that God would blow that storm on out of here and uh, that he would uh, continue to bring healing and hope uh, to people that have been affected. And you can do that by the crisis care kits that Rich spoke of. We did that last year. It's just a care kit with some personal items in it that we take into places uh, that have been devastated and uh, just a little care package to show that we love them and also there will be some work teams uh, that will be going and if you'd like to be a part of that next week if you see Kelly out at the uh, table today as you leave it's on the right hand side and uh, he can give you more information on all of that but let's pray continue to pray for our brothers and sisters and friends and neighbors and relatives that are being affected by this storm well a woman was being tailgated uh, by a stressed out man on a busy street. Have you ever been tailgated? It's kind of a, you know, it can uh, bring out the best in you. Uh, but suddenly the uh, light turned yellow and uh, just in front of her, and she did the right thing, uh, she stopped. You know, she didn't push the accelerator when it turned yellow, she stopped, and that was the right thing to do, right before the crosswalk, even though she could have beaten the light by accelerating through the intersection. Man, the guy that was tailgating her, he hit the roof. He blew the horn. He was screaming in frustration as he missed his chance to get through the intersection right on her bumper. Well, as he was in, uh, in rare form in mid-ramp, he, uh, he heard uh, 
a tapping on his window and he looked up and there was a uh, police officer who was looking very serious and very angry. And the uh, police officer ordered the man to get out of the car and, uh, and uh, with his hands up. And uh, he, was, he, was, he searched him, he handcuffed him, and he placed him in the back seat. And, on, and he was on his radio and a computer for about 30 minutes. And finally, the officer got out of his car and he let the man out. And he said to him, I'm very sorry uh, for this mistake that I've made. He said, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off the lady in front of you and cussing a blue streak at her. And I noticed the Choose Life license plate holder, the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, the Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker, and the chrome-plated fish emblem on your trunk. And the police officer said, so naturally I assumed that you had stolen the car. <laughs> Today, uh, we're continuing our series, uh, Dress Code, by looking at gentleness. Uh, by the way, uh, this man... Uh, in our story, he wasn't uh, showing too much uh, gentleness. I looked up the definition of dress code, and here's what I found. Dress code is a set of rules that are usually written and posted specifying the manner of dress at a school, at an office, at a club, at a restaurant. And not only, though, do schools and offices and clubs and restaurants have dress codes, but God has a dress code as well. And it's found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And it's on the screen if we could all read it together. Can we do that? Therefore, therefore, as God's chosen people, let's start over. Man, that's a mess. This is the word of God to us. So let's read it like it is. Ready? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And you may notice that we've skipped over humility, and we're going to bring that up at the very end. I ran across this cartoon this week that said, when we were young, we used to dress like our parents. These days, parents dress like their kids. You see, the, the dress code, that's true, isn't it? The dress code in our culture has changed over the years. Styles, as we said last week, Styles, dressing, and styles come and go, uh, and they change in our culture. But I'm here to say today that God's dress code is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You do know that God's word never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It will never change, and therefore, his dress, his dress code for us as believers will never change. And one article of clothing that never changes is gentleness. Gentleness is what I call the spiritual formal wear. I mean, gentleness reminds me of when we want to get all dressed up and go out for the evening and have a good time. And, and, uh, and that's kind of what uh, gentleness reminds us me of. It's the formal wear, spiritual war, uh, wardrobe, uh, uh, formal wear in our spiritual wardrobe. Gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. And uh, does that remind you of a song? Uh, it's, it's a strong hand with a soft touch. It is a tender, compassionate approach toward others' weakness, weaknesses and faults. Now, a gentle person still speaks the truth, but in doing so, guards his tone so that truth can be well received. 
The Puritan leader Jonathan Edwards called gentleness the Christian spirit. Gentleness is the Christian spirit. He said, all who are truly godly and are real disciples of Christ, those who have not only asked Christ to forgive them of their sins, he's talking about those, of, uh, those believers who have made him Lord of, his life, of our lives. He says, and all who are truly godly and are real disciples of Christ have a gentle spirit in them. You can check your spirituality by your gentleness. Like kindness, gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit of love that the Holy Spirit wants to cultivate in the lives of us as believers. Unfortunately, in our culture today, too many people equate gentleness with, with being weak. But Charles Swindoll addresses that when he writes, In our rough and rugged individualism, we think of gentleness as weakness being soft and virtually spineless. Not so, he said. Gentleness includes such inevitable qualities as having strength under control, being calm and peaceful when surrounded by a heated atmosphere, emitting a smooth, uh, a soothing effect on those who may be angry or otherwise beside themselves, and possessing tact and gracious courtesy that causes others to retain their self-esteem and dignity. Instead of losing the gentle gain, instead of being ripped off and taken advantage of, they come out ahead. So what Charles Swindoll is saying there, I hope you heard that, is the, general, the gentle person comes out ahead in life. The Bible has much to say about gentleness. And uh, Jesus spoke of gentleness himself. And he spoke of him having gentleness in his wardrobe. I love this verse, and, it, and in my view, it just kind of drips with gentleness. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, For I am gentle and humble in heart. I, cannot, I, I don't know why, but I can almost hear Jesus saying that in my mind. You know, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. Don't be afraid of me. You don't have to stand back for me. You don't have to be afraid in my presence. And he says, you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Now, I'm not talking about a good night's sleep. I'm talking about rest at the deepest part of who we are. We will find rest for our souls. And then Matthew 21, 5, he says, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. You see, people then expected Jesus to come in on a white horse and be this great king, this warrior king who would rescue them from the tyranny that they experienced. But instead, he came in gentle. He came in riding on the foal of a donkey. The apostle Paul spoke of kindness of Jesus in 2 Corinthians uh, when he said, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. Paul also speaks in general terms about gentleness in his letters. In 1 Timothy, he says, Believers are not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. And as I, you know, as I read those passages of scriptures, you can just ask yourself those, uh, those questions. He says, as a believer in Titus, that we slander no one, that we are to be peaceful and considerate and always be gentle toward everyone, not just your church friends, not just at church, but to everyone in your home, 
in your workplace, in your school, to everyone. In 1 Peter, he says, and I love this scripture, he says, but rather what is inside the heart, what's inside the heart, the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So Paul is saying if, if we have a gentle spirit, if we have a quiet and gentle spirit, then we are of great worth to our community, to our society, to our world, to our family, and in the sight of God. In Philippians 4, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near to all. Now, the Greek language is a precise and uh, an expressive language. When the Greeks uh, developed a word, they not only gave it a careful definition, but they always, almost always tried, uh, they always illustrated it. Now, the Greek word for gentleness is illustrated by an animal that has been tamed. Now, you think of the wild spirit and the nature of an animal, such as a horse, when it's, and it's brought under the control of its owner or its handler. Have you, ever, uh, have you ever hugged the neck of a horse? Now, I don't like horses too well. I'm not a horse guy. Uh, some of you in here are horse people? Anybody horse people? Yeah. So I'm a little bit scared of horses, you know, myself. I got on this horse when I was just a kid. I was at my grandfather's house, and I got on this horse that didn't have a bridle, nothing on I thought I was going to be a big cowboy. And I held on to the mane, and the next thing I know, boom, I was on the ground. Uh, you know, and then uh, I can think of the time that we took, I've never had very good luck with horses, is what I'm saying. Uh, I can remember we took our youth group up to Canaan Valley in West Virginia. We were going to do horseback riding as one of our activities. And I got on this old gray mare, and we was riding through the woods, and through the, and we got in this creek. And the horse laid down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and the person leading the horse says, kick that horse. She's falling asleep. And I kicked your horse, and it came up, and you know, and uh, one of the one of the greatest thoughts I have about a horse is we were uh, again taking our youth group. We took our youth group up in Ohio, through West Virginia, up in Ohio, way up north to a ranch. It was called Faith Ranch, and you were given a horse that week, and you had to take care of the horse. I hated it, but anyway, <laughs> give me your foot. <laughs> you had to clean the feet every day. I don't even do that myself, but anyway, <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, Jerry, Jerry Connor, you remember this, don't you, Kim? So Jerry Connor is over there saddling up his horse, and he's like any other man, he wasn't listening to instructions. And so he put his saddle on the horse, and he didn't quite cinch it tight enough. I got the word down, cinch it tight enough. And the next thing you know, old Jerry hops on the horse, and here he comes through the corral, and, the horse, and he's on holding on, and his saddle's going under the horse. <laughs> I'll never forget that. But anyway, you know, uh, but you ever, have you ever walked up to a horse, and, and you uh, put your arm around the neck, and it's all warm, and you put your cheek against the cheek of that horse, and you think, man, this is a gentle horse. Got a gentle spirit. At one time, it was an oversized, dangerous beast, in my opinion. But, but at a gentle horse, at some point, surrendered. At some point, that horse submitted its strength and power to its owner, to its handler. I mean, the strength of a horse uh, is, the strength of the horse is no longer out of control. It's no longer just out in the field 
you know, hopping up and down, bumping, doing all the wild horses do, whatever they do. But now it's focused. This horse is focused in order to fulfill the purpose of a horse. Now gentleness, like the tamed horse, it is power under control. It is submitted strength. It is surrendered. Now the power and force of water can be tamed as well. It can be focused and brought under control to turn a, a, a water wheel and grind wheat. Or uh, the water can flow through a dam turning large turbines to produce elect electricity to give power to an entire community or city. However, the force and power of water, as we have seen from Florence on the, on the news, can be out of control. And along with that out of control water, it brings death and, and, and destruction through storm surges or flooded river. You see, gentleness is power or strength under control. It, it's the submission or surrender of our strength and under God's, under God's control and purpose. Again, gentleness is not weakness, but it's strength under control. Therefore, gentleness, uh, a fruit of the Spirit, is under God's control. It's a power under God's control. Submitted strength, surrender. So now, as we hopefully understand a little bit more about gentleness, how do we dress in gentleness? Very simple. Simple answer, more difficult to live out. By living under God's authority. By living under God's control. By living under God's leadership. And we do that by surrendering. We do that by surrendering and submitting our lives to his lordship. We do that by surre uh, surrendering and submitting our lives to the leadership, lordship, guide, handling, ownership of Jesus Christ. Which means living under God's control and leadership in every aspect of our life. It's surrendering our lives completely to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That it's no longer I who is in charge. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You see, there are five areas of our lives that need to be under God's control in order to clothe ourselves in a life of gentleness. First of all, in our personality. We are to live under God's control. Now understand, God doesn't change our personality. Our personality is what we were born with. We got it. He, when we, he just brings it under his control when I submit, when I surrender my personality to him. That's what he did with James and, uh, and John. They were known as the sons of thunder. And you see, James and John at one time wanted to call down fire on the Samaritans to destroy them because they didn't receive Jesus. Jesus was passing through. The Samaritans rejected him in Luke chapter 9. You can read about that. And on another occasion, they wanted to ensure that they would be seated correctly in Jesus' kingdom. One on the right, one on the left. I just did that backwards, didn't I? Anyway, you get it. I did it your way. Matthew 20, 21. They also argued among themselves who would be the greatest in Luke chapter 9. Later, though, after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, they met in the upper room. Jesus says, wait and Pray and wait until the power, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. 
you'll receive power. Power to live a gentle life. Power to be a kind person. Power to show kindness in an unkind world and compassion. Power to live a humble life. You will receive power. And once James and John received power, they didn't lose their passion for Christ and, the, and people who were lost. They were now, they, were more, they, had became, they had become lovingly filled with the love of Jesus Christ, which produces a loving kindness and gentleness in our hearts and lives. And they became that type of leader in the early church. You see, secondly, not only do we surrender our, our personality, we surrender our outlook. You see, we are to live under God's control. You see, surrender to God, uh, when we surrender our lives to God, we don't see the world the same way we used to see the world. We don't have the same desires and wants as we used to have. And so, therefore, we don't see it the way that we normally see it. Philippians says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others. Two, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What was his attitude? He was dressed in gentleness. He was dressed in gentleness. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He didn't make demands, even though, even though he knew that demands would be made on his life. His outlook was different. And when we surrender to, the, to the, our outlook, to the, to the leadership, lordship of Jesus Christ, our outlook on the world will be different in how we look at other people. Third, in our words. We are to live under God's leadership control with our words. Now, I know there are a lot of believers that struggle with their words. Ephesians says, do not let any unwholesome, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, I know you know that our tongues are a powerful, powerful weapon. You see, we can either build up people with our tongue or we can tear down people with our tongue. We can hurt and destroy uh, other people's lives all their lives. Some of you today are living under the words of an angry dad or an angry person in your life and you're still controlled by those angry words you see we we can encourage or we can discourage james says but no man can tame the tongue it's a restless evil full of deadly poison so the only way to live with our tongue is under god's leadership surrendered and submitted to god next in our expectations. We are to live under God's control, His leadership. Again, Scripture speaks to this in Ephesians. It says always, always, there's no way out. It says always. Always means always. 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 Thank you, Bob. Always. It says always be humble and gentle. And outside the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, and allowing his love to manifest himself in our lives, there is no way without the power of Jesus Christ living in our lives that we can always be humble and gentle. But Paul says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Your love of Jesus Christ that lives in your heart. 
You see, when we have expectations uh, we have placed on others and they don't live up to them, it creates problems. You see, why, why we say things like, why, why don't they do this? Why don't they do what I say? Why, why, what's wrong with them? Why don't they get their life together? Why don't they get their act together? When our relationship with God isn't what it's supposed to be, our expectations sound like, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? God, I know you could stop this if you just wanted to stop it. God, why don't you stop this? We tell God what we want done, and we tell God how we want it done. And when he doesn't live up to our expectations, we say things like, well, God must not love me. And we kind of walk away from our relationship with Jesus Christ. But when our expectations have been surrendered to God, we begin to see our need. You see, we begin to focus on ourselves. And we start asking questions, God, what are you trying to teach me here? God, what do you want me to learn here? I, I ask that question so often. You know, or how, God, can I grow in this situation, Lord? It's not, God, why don't you come through for me? It's, God, teach me. Teach me, God. And fifth, in our responses, we are to live under God's control. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I read this week that a proactive person is spirit-controlled, and a reactive person is others control. In other words, a person's, uh, uh, what a person does and how they uh, respond to you or, or they treat you, a proactive person is spirit controlled in that situation and, and a reactive person is controlled by that person. Either you're prepared to act as you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, no matter what people do, or say to you, or you allow the actions of others to control what you do. You see, either we're filled with the spirit, fruit of the Spirit of gentleness, or we're bearing everyone else's rotten, stinking fruit. Put this all together, and you get personality, outlook, words, expectations, responses. And when we surrender our personality, our outlook, our words, and our expectations, and the way we respond to other people, when we surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, we get power. Power to clothe ourselves in compassion. The power to clothe ourselves in kindness. The, we wouldn't have to put up a board. I mean, we would just be known for our kindness. We'd be known for our gentleness. You see, the kind of gentleness that God calls his true followers to be. Are you clothed in gentleness? Are you living under God's control? Or are you living under your control? Or self-control? If you sense the answer is no, the good news is that today, you and I, that if we're not living under the spirit of the living God and not exhibiting a gentle spirit that lives in us, we, do, we today can surrender our lives fully to Jesus Christ. Not only is he our Savior, but he will be our Lord. He'll be our leader. He'll be our master. We won't care what he is. We just want to be what he wants us to be when we're under his control. You see, you can be filled with the Spirit, and then His love living in us will produce gentleness. But let me warn you, 
This is not automatic. The Spirit does not produce this kind of fruit in those who are not willing to surrender. Those who are not willing to submit and be transformed. Maybe some of us today need to surrender to God's gentleness. Because God is a gentle God. Thank God. So that you and I can be clothed in his gentleness. As a believer, gentleness, as a believer, gentleness, as a true believer, gentleness will show up in your personality, in your outlook, in your words, in your expectations, and how you respond especially when things don't go the way that we want them to go. Your spouse will disappoint and hurt you. Your boss will rub you the wrong way, unless you work here. <laughs> your kids will disobey you. Your friends and even your family will betray you and let you down. Even your church will let you down. There will be times when you will be right. And everybody else will be wrong. And the question we need to ask ourselves, what will we do then? What will we do then when our spouse hurts us? What will we do then when our children disappoint us? What will we do when we're right and we know it? What choice will you make? Will you come out fighting? Will you come out bitter? Will you come out screaming and yelling and cussing and, and walk around with a chip on your shoulder? Or will you exhibit the love of Jesus Christ and show the gentleness of Christ that lives in us? Will we respond honestly and humbly using grace-filled words clothed with gentleness? You see, the right choice isn't one that just happens. The right choice, gentleness, isn't something that comes naturally. Gentleness, my friends, come from a surrendered life. Fully committed, fully committed to Jesus Christ. And every day taking up our cross and following him. Every day. It's a life that offers grace because of the grace and gentleness that God has shown us. True gentleness is power and strength that's been surrendered and brought under God's control. Gentle people have been transformed by the never-ending message of God's gentleness. And therefore, we take pleasure in showing that same gentleness to others. You see, because of God, through his grace, he's been gentle with me. Even when I've failed, he's been gentle with me. Even when I sin, God has been gentle with me. I mean, he could be harsh with me and tell me, don't you get it, buddy? Get over it. Don't you get it? When I fail, he could kick me out. When he sees my faults and my shortcomings, he's gentle with me. And if God is gentle with me, and if Jesus Christ surrendered all that he was, then so will I. So will I. Will you? Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful today for this gathering. We're thankful for this great church. Thankful, Father, for 
all that you want to do in our lives, Father, in our families, in our community, and around the world. But God, first, we need to allow you to do in us the work that we cannot do ourselves. Father, I just pray for each of us today. I pray, dear God, that you would help us to understand the importance of living a surrendered life, taking up our Christ cross daily. And maybe you're here today with all of our eyes closed and all of our heads bowed and no one peeking. We have peekers in this church. There's no one peeking today. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, or you're online and maybe you just need to tell the pastor in the chat room today. But maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm not a gentle person. When I'm in a squeeze or a tight situation or things don't go the way I wanted it to or then words come out of my mouth that I'm not proud of. I say things or I do things or I act in a way, I respond in a way that's not Christ-like. It seems like I don't have any power to do that. The Bible says we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we allow him to be Lord. Maybe today that's your struggle. Maybe today your struggle is allowing the Holy Spirit to produce kindness, gentleness, and compassion in our lives. So maybe today with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you say, buddy, man, that's me. Can, can you pray for me today in the closing prayer? I really want to. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you say, buddy, pray for me. Would you just lift up your hand? Anybody like that today? Yep, all over the congregation. God bless you. Thanks for the courage to raise your hand. Anybody else? Just raise it, put it right back down. Yes, I'll see your hand. Yes, see your hand over here. God sees it more important than me. But I do want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every person today in this room that had the courage to raise their hand, Father, realizing and being honest, God, that they need to surrender. And I pray to God today as they bow their head and as they surrender, God, that they will wait until they know that they know that they have received power, the power of the Holy Spirit to live a Christ-like life, Lord, that you want us to live. God, we need your power. In a world, Lord, that's not kind, in a world that's not gentle, in a world that's harsh and critical and finds faults and looks for faults, God, Will you help us to stand out, those of us who choose to live surrendered lives, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. I pray for each individual, God, today, that you'll give us courage to walk this out in our lives every day. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never asked God to forgive you of your sins. You've never invited Jesus Christ into your life to be your Savior. The greatest decision you'll make this day will be to invite Christ into your life and ask him to forgive you of your sins and thank him for dying on the cross for you and thank him for being so kind and gentle with you and not giving us what we deserve 
but giving to us what we need. If that's you today, if you'll stop out at the table as you leave today, there's a little table out there with the banner that says, accept Christ, stop here. Don't walk by it. Stop there just for a moment and receive some information and some love that you know desperately need to live this life. But thank you, Father, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to close out the worship song. We can all stand together. And we're going to worship together. And maybe today, if you raised your hand and you say, I want to live the surrendered life, maybe you just want to come up here and pray and wait on the Holy Spirit and receive power. Today will be a great day for you to do that. Okay? Now, it's only 12, so we don't have to be in a hurry today, okay? <laughs> Let's worship together. If you felt led to come, don't let anything stop you today. But you can do whatever you need to do right there in your seat as well. I'll recognize that. God bless you.
that you've spoken to so many hearts, God. I just pray that we respond in faith and obedience, Lord, to just truly allow you to continue to do the work in our hearts, Father. But God, also let us respond. God, let us just not leave here by just hearing another good message that brings thoughts. But God, let us be a message that we want to go out and live. God, that we want to go out and walk out, Father. And so I do, I just pray you continue to draw near to us, continue to speak to us, God. God, just make us more like you. For we love you, and we praise you, and we give you all honor, all glory, and all praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. We love y'all. We're praying for you. See you right back here next weekend.